Welcome in to this emergency edition of the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Eric Scopel is with me as always, and we're here today to discuss another verbal commitment for the Oregon football program. The Ducks have done it again. They've gone out and they've landed four-star outside linebacker Jabril McNeil out of Sanderson High School in Raleigh, North Carolina, a member of the 2021 recruiting class. He's a four-star in the eyes of 24-7 sports. Uh, We are much higher on him than the industry averages. Uh, The 24-7 sports composite ranks him as a three-star. And if if you want to just compare these two rankings, uh, our own evaluators at 24-7 sports rank him as the 13th best outside linebacker, the 215th best player in the country, regardless of position, the 16th best player in North Carolina for the class of 2021. The industry average, however, says he is the 521st best player in the country, the 31st best outside linebacker, and the 31st best player in the state of North Carolina. And I think Jabril McNeil, uh, a reason why his composite is a lot lower is I I believe ESPN doesn't even have him ranked yet, uh, which is pretty shocking considering they are uh, an outlet that really has pretty much everything dialed in on East Coast – southern prospects uh that's kind of their their forte and and for whatever reason they just haven't done an evaluation yet so i think he's he's missing an eval that's a big reason why his composite is a lot lower doesn't take the full average in but nonetheless we here at 24 7 sports uh we're we're very high on jabril mcneil and we should note that eric and i we do not have a say in these rankings um so it's not like, hey, we're, we're pumping up the Oregon Duck commit. Uh, I think the new term is the Mallard move. Uh, I, I, don't believe, uh, I don't believe McNeil is getting the Mallard move, move because Eric and I are not involved in the rankings uh, in, in the final say. But he picks Oregon over North Carolina State, where I believe he has an older brother that's currently playing there. South Carolina was another school that was in contention. Uh, he had an offer from Arkansas. He had Auburn, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Missouri, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Washington, Wisconsin, Virginia Tech. You know, a lot of schools out there that, Eric, are considered to be, you know, some some pretty good programs on the defensive side of the football. I think we all kind of trust the Oregon Ducks and their evaluations. He becomes the 20th verbal commitment of the class, and Oregon remains – number one in the Pac-12, and number three in the country from a team ranking perspective for the class of 2021 recruiting. Yeah, and we should note here, Oregon really starting to wrap up this class. Um, Not a ton of room left now. Um, McNeil, and and this is the evaluation nobody wants. I like saying his name, if that matters. Jabril McNeil has a nice flow to it. (laughs) And as Matt said, I think think where he ends up being ranked once ESPN um, completes its evaluation at some point here, is he's going to be much closer to a four-star prospect than a mid-three-star prospect, which is kind of where he is right now. I guess he's got slightly like a higher-end three-star, but he's going to be closer to a four-star once he gets that evaluation, in it, and he's deserving of that. Um, and we're not going to, I don't want to run into the player evaluation too much now because we'll get to that in a little bit, but uh, I see someone with a ton of upside, and I think a player that if you're just stargazing here, um, maybe pay closer attention to the 24-7 sports ranking, kind of like Matt was saying a second ago, because – this is a high upside prospect. I think you should be excited about. Um, it's not frequently that Oregon gets players that have this sort of, at least from the 24 seven sports ranking, 
that kind of evaluation, that kind of ranking from the state of North Carolina or really from that part of the country, period. So this is, I think, a really nice get for the Ducks. And, and again, with not very many spots left um, in this cycle, uh, I think you have to be excited and optimistic about kind of the way they're c- concluding this class. This is not a, a reach for Oregon. This is a really highly regarded prospect. Like, and like Matt said a second ago, who had offers from a lot of big time programs in the region around him. Yeah. I, I think you like this commitment for a lot of reasons. One Mario Cristobal and the Oregon coaching staff figured out, uh, I think a formula they're going out and landing some of these players from the East coast, from the South that have a good chunk of SEC, ACC offers, but aren't the, you know, bonafide five-star top 100, you know, 50 prospect. That's a you know, the four-star kid that every single school in the SEC wants and that every single school in the ACC wants. But these guys are still really good. And, and they're very talented. And they're significantly, in my opinion, they're significantly better uh, than a Pacific Northwest kid or that middle-tier California kid. Um, I, I really think Oregon is going in now and, and, and starting to land the multiple guys like this that are – that have the attention of, of some of the big boys back East and Oregon kind of swoops in and says, Hey, we're bigger than them. Or you have an opportunity to play, play earlier than, than you would uh, there come out West, come play where it's different and, and kind of forge your own path, if you will. And we're starting to see success with that payoff for, for Mario Cristobal. McNeil is the latest one, six foot four, 225 pounds, plays tight end on the offensive side of the football, D end outside linebacker on the defensive side. Eric, what, what stands out when you watch his film? He's extremely long and athletic. Um, again, you say 6'4", 225, and, and I see somebody with a ton of um, a ton of room to add to that frame. Like, I, I think he's somebody who, I don't know if it's immediately when he arrives here, um, but at some point he's going to have a big weight gain, I think, or he has the upside to it. I mean, maybe, maybe Oregon sees him and says, actually, we like how lean you are and we're going to keep you there. But my, my instinct is this is somebody who's going to be probably playing closer to 245, 250. Um, I think a fit at stud. Um, I think he kind of fits a little bit of what we've seen here with a guy like Trevor Mai with what, I mean, I think Mai and, and McNeil, at least from a physical perspective, both came in about the same size, 6'4", 220, 225. Um, you know, and, and we saw now what my did with one year in the program bulk up. He's now closer to 245, 250. I think we could see the same thing with McNeil here in a couple of years when he gets on campus. And, um, you know, I, athletically, he, he really shines and he's really quick and decisive. I think once he kind of reads and reacts where he needs to go, he gets there in a flash and he really, he really lands some blows. And that's, I think, one of the things that stood out from watching him is, He's a heavy, heavy hitter at that size. And again, with some room to gain some weight, I think that's just going to be something that continues to improve with them. And I'll be interesting to see, uh, does Oregon like him at that traditional stud spot? Do they think he could be a better fit at the other outside linebacker spot? Which again, I, I'm more, I'm curious to see what that defense looks like again in year two under Andy Avalos when we get a chance to kind of see how they utilize that outside linebacker position because it wasn't something that was overly involved at least in the past year um, defensively but I, I really like what McNeil provides I think some positional versatility maybe he even gets thick enough and heavy enough to put a hand down um, we don't see a lot of that on film in fact I think he's almost exclusively standing up but certainly has the athletic traits to do that um, we don't see him in, in coverage a lot but primarily it's just getting off the edge and blowing things up in the backfield and he's very productive there forces a lot of fumbles 
creates a lot of plays defensively. So, I, again, I think somebody – and, again, he's playing in North Carolina, and that's a pretty darn good state for high school football right now. I was just looking through our rankings, and, and they're like 25 to 27. I think it's 27 four-star players from that state. Um, that's big-time football down there. So, for him to be ranked 16th from that bunch, that tells you quite a bit about what he is. And, and I think you see it on tape in terms of just what the upside can be. Um, I think he's somebody who probably would – be best suited for a redshirt year and then maybe based upon the rock the roster that'll be what takes place but certainly somebody i think that is not gonna you're not gonna watch his film and go like oh boy i don't see it i think you watch his tape and you're kind of like pretty clearly like okay he certainly has these intangibles to be a really nice um piece defensively down the line i'm not sure it's immediate but at some point i think he's got the upside to be a really really good football player at oregon with jabril mcneil now in the rankings uh excuse me in the commitment list for the ducks like I said, they have 20 verbal commitments. Their team ranking score now is 273.66. And, look, that's still quite a, a bit of ways from Alabama and Ohio State, who are one and two. Both of them are just over 300 points. But it gets you a little separation from LSU. Uh, and, and the Tigers uh, of also Clemson. Uh, Clemson's also really, you know, they're not far behind. But Oregon continues to, to trend up in their recruiting rankings historically going into the state of North Carolina has not been one that's happened all that often for the, for the ducks. Uh, th this is one of just a handful of verbal commitments. The ducks have landed from this state. Yeah, I know. I know I was pulling up the history here and almost, I don't want to say I'm surprised cause I probably shouldn't have been. Cause like you said, I, it's hard to think of too many players from the state of North Carolina who've actually gotten to Oregon and the list is really pretty short here. Um, He's the third highest rated player from the state of North Carolina to commit. And again, I, my hunch is he ends up being a little bit more highly rated up that list once this stuff gets finalized. Like Matt said, I think that evaluation from ESPN will change things here. He's currently behind Jamal Elliott, a running back from the 2018 class um, who made it for spring practice. And, and if you recall, didn't end up playing ball ball at Oregon, ended up transferring back home to be closer to home. And then James Scales is ahead of him. That's a defensive back from 2010 who I believe played a couple of years at Oregon, but not much of a contributor. Um, and so he sits right behind James Scales. And then the, the third player that's currently in the all-time all um, Oregon commitment rankings list is Jalen Smith, a member of the 2020 class, also from North Carolina, um, a defensive tackle, 6'4", 280 pounds. He's kind of on the back end of these rankings. But So that's kind of the history lesson right there from North Carolina prospects. And I mean, it wouldn't take, let's be frank here, it wouldn't take a lot for Jabril McNeil to be the best North Carolina recruit, at least since they've been keeping track on 24-7 sports from 2001, so the last 20 years here. It wouldn't take very much for McNeil to be the best North Carolina recruit um, to land at Oregon, given at least what they accomplished at Oregon, because Elliott didn't play it down. Scales probably played, I don't know, maybe 10 to 20 games at Oregon. Um, and then, obviously, uh, Smith is, is yet to start his career at Oregon, so... I mean, you look at that from a historical perspective. It's a state that has a lot of talent, like I said before, and I kind of wonder here now with consecutive classes with a player um, with Smith in 2020 and now McNeil in 2021, I wonder if they feel like they can kind of get something going here in that state because, like we said, established earlier, it's a great state to have some sort of pipeline or connection to. Just a lot of talent comes from there, um, and McNeil maybe has a chance here, like we saw with a player like a Jordan Scott or some of these players from Texas in the past, to, to maybe kind of solidify himself and say, hey, I came from the state of North Carolina. Look what I can do at Oregon. And maybe that helps Oregon create some more inroads in that state because it would certainly be beneficial. McNeil becomes the 11th different 
prospect from a different state to commit to Oregon. Uh, California leads the group with five players from the state of California going to Oregon. Arizona right behind them with four. Mississippi with two. Utah with two. And then North Carolina joins a group that has one player in each state of Alabama, Colorado, Nevada, New York, Oregon, and Texas, and now North Carolina. So Oregon continues to kind of dominate the West Coast. Uh, they've, they've landed multiple prospects from California, Arizona, Utah. They've got the top prospect in Nevada, the top prospect in Oregon, the top prospect in Utah, the top prospect in Arizona. Uh, the second highest rated player in the state of California committed, is committed to Oregon. Um, and the, the top guy doesn't look to be leaning towards a Pac-12 school at this time in a heavy manner. Uh, that, that would be Corey Foreman, number uh, one player in the country. Um, Oregon, though, continues to recruit nationally, too, though. Mississippi, Alabama, Colorado, New York, Texas, North Carolina. It really feels like, like you just said, Eric, in which this class and the way that Mario Cristobal is building this program is he's done it with Alabama, he's done it with Georgia, and now it seems like he's doing it with North Carolina, going in and back-to-back, sometimes three years in a row, and landing prospects and cultivating sources and, and cultivating relationships and developing inroads and b- building you know small pipelines that could lead to bigger pipelines which could lead to you know massive pipelines uh from prospects going you know coming to, to the university of oregon so mcneil is the latest one there what what's what's he stepping into what's the situation that you feel like at let's just encompass the entire outside linebacker core uh as one group stud or or uh, the regular outside linebacker position. What's the what's the status he's he's stepping into now next year? Well, I think it's somewhat favorable. And again, now that some of the eligibility numbers get kind of skewed because of the circumstances we're dealing with here. But uh, you look at what's going on at Stud, and you have Mace Funa back as a sophomore, and really just he and Trevin Maai were the two players working there in the spring. And I know there's going to be some. So movement there, um, Andrew Follow, probably another player to know at Stud. He moved from defensive line, um, didn't really get a chance to see him much at Stud, but he's another player that probably fits that body type more than the other one. Um, I, I look at McNeil and think it could kind of go either way based upon how they see him filling out. I think he has the athleticism certainly right now um, to play the other spot where we see a guy like an Adrian Jackson or an Andrew Johnson or maybe even um, – you know, I don't know, maybe we'll even see somebody like a Noah Sewell or a Justin Flo get some, some opportunity out there depending upon what happens on the inside. But um, I, I think at stud, it makes a lot of sense for him as well in terms of especially how he can fill out. I think, and if he does fit there, it's not an immediate opportunity to step in because like I established, and it's not at either spot really because they're sophomores sitting at the top of the depth chart with multiple years of eligibility remaining. But I don't think you expect, expect McNeil to come in and be a starter but it's not out of the realm of possibilities, at least for me, that, that he could push to be the number two guy immediately. Or, or if it's not the two guy, number two guy immediately, it's he redshirts, and then the next year he's in position to do that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he develops physically um, at 6'4", 225. I think, again, he's a little bit on the leaner side right now. But if he puts on the weight and the mass, like we've seen some of these guys do, and just come in with completely different body types than we'd expect it, I don't, again, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he comes in and challenges to be the number two stud or the number two outside linebacker um, right away. And then again, like maybe worst case scenario, he redshirts and has a chance to do something similar the next year. Um, and it just extends his, his clock a little bit more. We should note Oregon has a couple linebackers 
already currently committed. Keith Brown is the highest one, but he's an inside linebacker out of Lebanon, Oregon. Uh, they're not really going to play the same position as McNeil. Uh, and then there's also Christian Bookhalter, who is ranked as a weak side defensive end, but he's coming to Oregon to play outside linebacker. Brandon Buckner is an d- outside linebacker as well for the Ducks. And then you could maybe consider Terrell Tillman an outside linebacker slash weak side defensive end. Uh, he's from Texas. He's ranked as a weak side defensive end. I think the biggest thing for me, Eric, here is – uh, Jabril McNeil is just another guy that, that is in this class now that gives Oregon options. Even Brandon Buckner, who's at six foot one, he plays defensive end at the high school level. Yeah. And you can be successful as a defensive end at six foot one, six foot two. Uh, is that going to be where he fits? I don't know. But I think the thing I, I, I'm, I'm looking at, all these guys that, that Oregon has landed that played kind of that outside linebacker, stud slash defensive end spot in this 2021 class, and McNeil is the latest one. They all kind of have versatility. They all kind of have the ability to play multiple spots, and maybe that's kind of Oregon's plan here is let's get these athletes on campus because McNeil certainly is one, and yeah. let's just kind of let their games grow and naturally t- you know, dictate where they end up landing. No, I think, And I think that's really smart too, um, and I think you're getting – you mentioned the three that have already landed and now McNeil that that's four really exciting, explosive edge athletes. And, and you just kind of let Andy Avalos and Joe Salavea and Ken Wilson and, and all those defensive coaches just kind of figure out what the best fit is for all these guys. And obviously they, they, I'm sure they have a clear understanding of what their kind of expectations are, but I could see a lot of these guys playing a couple different places, depending upon how they develop physically. I mean, a guy like Troll Tillman, he weighs 210 pounds. At least that's what he's listed on. 24 seven sports and he's supposed to play defensive end and, and that's a very very lean defensive end maybe he's somebody who plays outside linebacker maybe he just has a lot of room to fill out so I think you're right in terms of and you can include McNeil certainly in this is you now uh you went out and, and corralled a bunch of really exciting outside athletes and now you can kind of just plug and play see where they fit um personally I think McNeil makes a lot of sense as a stud if he puts on the necessary weight but um, it'll be interesting to see how that prospect goes. Sometimes it's it's harder for some players to add weight. I don't look at him physically and think that'll be the case, but you just don't know. But again, I think just to summarize my perspective, I, I think, I don't know if it's going to be immediate or if it's going to take two to three years, but I really think McNeil has the upside physically. He has the upside in terms of how he plays with that tenacity um, to be a really good football player at Oregon. And I don't know if that's immediate or if that's going to take some time, but I think it's somebody that you certainly should be excited about. And if you're, again, if you're a stargazer, pay attention to the 24-7 sports ranking more than the composite. I know that's hard because the composite is what is used and listed on the commitment lists. Um, but I think McNeil is, is certainly better, at least from my perspective. And again, we're not, we're not involved at all in these rankings, um, but he certainly is better than the 520th best player in the country, from my perspective, at least. Now, Oregon's probably done at the outside linebacker spot because like we, like we mentioned, McNeil joins a group that includes uh, Christian Burkhalter, Brandon Buckner, potentially Terrell Tillman. Difficult to see Oregon go out there and continue to add outside linebackers. And like Eric mentioned, uh, this class is basically almost done with 20 verbal commitments in the fold. Now they have room for about maximum 22, 23 guys. Uh, So it's getting very tight. Uh, I, I think it's safe to say that, you know, you can probably count on one hand or maybe two, you know, one hand and two fingers, how many guys Oregon's still heavily recruiting right now. 
and would take a verbal commitment today from in the 2021 recruiting class. And it's September 14th, 2020. Uh, that's a long ways to go from signing day. And that only gives you know, Oregon's coaching staff more time now to focus on those few remaining players and also begin, you know, really diving in head first and, and putting themselves in a strong position in the 2022 class where they have one verbal commitment, four-star Marion Winston from Central Catholic High School in Portland. But by securing a lot of your prospects this early in, in, the, in the process of the cycle of 2021, the opportunity to really focus in on those guys that are committed, the few, very few remaining guys that, are, that are, you're considering taking, and really dive in waist deep on that 2022 class and getting yourselves uh, in a position where you can now stack elite class after elite class uh, and that's always a good thing. And Eric, let's, let's end it on this one. Um, Jabril McNeil is, is the latest verbal commitment. Oregon is still third in the country. It seems like from our vantage point, at least, that this class is on pace still, and it's going to kind of take a miracle for it not to happen that they signed the best class in school history. Yeah, I don't see how it doesn't happen here. Um, you know, you mentioned where it moved. They're, they're very close already to surpassing the 2019 mark, um, you can see, you could probably even see Oregon almost jump the 2019 mark with a favorable, um, with some favorable ranking adjustments, honestly. I mean, it's that close right now from where they were a couple of years ago. And this class has, as we've said, room to add a couple more players. And, and as you know, if you've been following who Oregon is in on right now, um, the players they're in on would certainly boost Oregon up a couple of spots or at least add a couple of nice points to that to get them there. So, I mean, they're probably a commitment from a top 150, top 200 player away from already becoming that. And certainly in terms of the national ranking, you know, again, Oregon's a little ahead of schedule right now in terms of the number of commitments. A lot of classes have a lot of work to do still. Um, but I think from a ranking perspective where they actually finish, not just the point scoring, um, this is also going to be an improvement over, I think it was number seven ranking a couple of years ago. I think this will be better than that. Um, obviously, I think it's near impossible that they end up number one or number two. Probably a little unlikely they end up holding on to, to three or four, but I think they could certainly finish in that five, six range this year, um, kind of depending on how this closes out. And, and again, um, there's a lot of time until signing day, both signing days, we should say, but um, you feel really good about what they've built. And I think really encouraged that they've been able to build it during this, given these circumstances. I mean, that's something to just take a step back and go, Oregon as a school is not playing football right now. It's in a pandemic that's made it impossible to have players visit. Um, they can't even go out and visit recruits. I mean, it's pretty remarkable to see what they've been able to accomplish given these circumstances. And most of these commitments have taken place almost, I mean, the high majority have taken place during this pandemic um, ever since Ty Thompson committed back um, a couple of days after everything closed down in mid-March. I mean, this has all taken place during all of this chaos and madness. So again, a huge credit to the staff for being able to pull off something like this. And you kind of wonder if this was a year where everything was a little bit, quote unquote, more normal, um, what the ceiling for this class would have been. But uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of use in spending time considering that, given how great this class is already. And just for comparison's sake, uh, Oregon's 2019 recruiting class is best in school history. They finished seventh that year with a score of 277.98. And if you're curious where Oregon is, they are currently at 271.67. So, uh, excuse me, not 200, 
273.66. I was looking at the score without McNeil in it. So 273.66. They're literally less than four points away. Uh, That's two more verbal commitments, which we expect that they add for sure, potentially even one more. Uh, Very, very confident that this Oregon football team is going to finish with the best class in its school history in 2021. So far as much, Mario Cristobal has basically gone on record saying that they're going to do that, which is telling you something of, of kind of the confidence he has in this class. So for full coverage of Jabril McNeil and his verbal commitment to the Oregon Ducks, go ahead and go to duckterritory.com for more. Give us a five-star review if you enjoy this podcast. It helps us continue to, to grow here as well. It's free to do as well. Uh, and we will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Odds and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks.